I'm Sarah Rose, and this is the Mind Body Academy podcast. I'm here to teach you how to think yourself slim. It's not brain surgery, and I promise you can do it too. Listen in to find out how. What's up, everyone? (laughs) But actually, what is up? I don't know how you're doing today, but as of the time I'm recording this, I'm currently under quarantine after testing positive for COVID. So I have a lot of time on my hands to be alone with my thoughts and to think about what is up and what is down and whether the sky is going to fall because in these apocalyptic times, who knows? (laughs) I'm definitely naturally more of an introvert. So spending a lot of time alone usually isn't so much of a problem for me, but I do get a lot of energy from being around some of the people who are closest to me. And I've been in a relationship for about two months now. Wow, that's gone by so fast. And also it feels longer. But definitely the fact of being away from people, that definitely takes a toll. On day two, my mood was kind of mirror matching the rainy weather outside And I hadn't heard from my boyfriend at all, (laughs) at all, at all. So my heart just felt squeezed all day. I felt kind of weird and needy, like what's all that about? (laughs) But then I was listening to the audiobook of Stillness Speaks by Eckhart Tolle, and he goes, you say you want happiness, but you are addicted to your unhappiness. I was like, whoa, (laughs) it's true. Unhappiness is just my unquestioned thinking. And so when I thought about my relationship again, this time I thought to myself, I have everything I need to be happy in my relationship because my happiness depends on me. And it felt so liberating to think that. When I meet my own needs, then I am more free in my relationship. Okay, so where I'm going with this today and what this story segues into is a concept that will help you come into relationship with yourself and increase your commitment even if you're turned off or ticked off by something and we're going to be talking about this in the context of your goals what i want to present you with here is this concept of unconditional commitment the same way we think of unconditional love i want you to think about how this could apply to your commitment And the way I want to frame this for you is by getting you to pick a goal, any goal that you might have, maybe your weight loss, and imagining that you are in a relationship with it. (laughs) What would that relationship look like? How are you showing up within it? Are you taking care of each other? What's the overall feel of the relationship? Is your goal making you feel generally good about yourself or bad? And what effect do you think you're having on your goal? How do you think your goal feels about you? (laughs) Here's what this exercise made me realize. I could see that I had this tendency to pull away from my goals when I believed that I'm putting a whole bunch of effort in without getting that back in return. My commitment was conditional on my goal delivering and wowing me. So my emotions towards my goal were very up and down based on whether I was seeing results. And listen, (laughs) here's what I have to say to you if you get yourself into this kind of drama like me and get frustrated with how long it's taking you. You 
me, we are not entitled to any of this stuff coming easy. It'd be like going on a handful of dates and being like, so uh, are we getting hitched or what? (laughs) Hey, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but there's a lot more getting to know that usually has to happen. And this kind of thinking can creep into the most well-intentioned minds. It's usually coming from a place that you just feel like you have so much to give of yourself, that you're so much more capable but you're seeking that external validation or stamp of approval instead of being confident in what you have and what you're building. It's as if you're constantly seeking reassurance from your partner. In this case, your goal, that you're together and that your goal cares about you as much as you care about it. Your goal is going to be turned off by that. (laughs) And what I mean is that your impatience and the pressure you're putting on your goal are going to create sabotage within the relationship and a lot of internal struggle and conflict that can lead to being together and then not being together to start stopping with your goal. And this is bringing to mind the story from Jay Shetty that I read in his book recently, Think Like a Monk, when he was training to become a monk. And he was walking through this eco-village that was under development. There were these monks sitting here and there along the dirt path. As he's walking, there's this senior monk that's pointing out to him the achievements of some of the monks that they walk by, like being able to recite every line of the scripture. And so impressed by this, Jay is like, well, I wish I could do that. And to that, the senior monk responds, well, do you wish that you could do that? Or do you wish you could learn to do that? Think about your motivations. Do you want to memorize all of the scripture because it's an impressive achievement? Or do you want the experience of having studied it? Some of us are so focused on the outcome. We just want to be married to our goal, like one and done, that we forget that it's what we learn from the process that makes us fall in love with who our goal allows us to become and what we are then able to go on and achieve. Desiring an outcome like losing weight typically appears totally reasonable to us. But it's important that we question why it's important for us to work through our inner resistance and the external challenges to be able to reach that outcome. And when I think about it like that, I actually don't want my goals to just come to me. I know that can sound kind of funny, but I want to work for them. I want to put in the work because it makes my goal so much more purposeful and meaningful. It doesn't put my goals in charge of my happiness and well-being. It puts me in charge of those things as I'm working towards my goals, not just once they're achieved. And when I take care of myself in how I approach my goals, my goals take care of themselves. I want you to imagine how you would show up for your goal if you didn't make it your goal's job to make you feel loved or happy or worthy. It's not your goal's job to do those things. That's your job. You are in charge of making yourself feel good and good enough no matter what's going on with your goal and how that process is coming along. That is the kind of emotional responsibility that will create mind-blowing results. There's going to be up and downs with your goal, like in any relationship. 
You're going to have rough patches and times when you question each other. But that is when you need unconditional commitment. When the going gets tough, but you're able to love yourself through it. Your commitments have to be stronger than your excuses and justifications to just walk away. If you're not unconditionally committed to your goal, you'll only work on your goal when it's convenient because it's not a priority. So your actions won't be backed by the energy that creates consistency, follow through and results. You'll stay stuck wanting your goal, like wanting to lose the weight, but not feeling like doing what you have to do to actually get it. You are not entitled to your goal if you aren't willing to put in the work or if you're only willing to work on your goal when you feel motivated to do so. Being unconditionally committed means you're all in, regardless of the bad days and the hard days and how you feel in the moment. It's commitment that you have decided for yourself because you have your best interest at heart. I think I've said this before, but you have to understand that 100% commitment is always going to be easier than 99% commitment. Even a 1% drop will lead you to question your commitment in the moment and go back and forth on what you decided ahead of time. It will lead you to rely on willpower to stay in it instead of deciding to be in it, all in. I think what happens is that when we take on these goals, just like when we get ourselves into a relationship, we forget that we already have all we could ever need. That's not why we're going to the goal or putting ourselves into a relationship. There is a dimension within you that is neither dependent on external conditions nor on the internal conditions of your fluctuating thoughts to be well and alive. All is already well. You are you, and there's only one of you, and that is enough. We have these beautiful minds and beautiful bodies, but we go after society or our brain's version of what we believe we should have in order to be whole and happy. We think we need more and better and different than what we have now. But that's only because we're trying to regulate how we feel, which is internal, with something that is external. We think we should have it easier than we have now. But what makes it hard is that we resist that it's supposed to be hard. That making ourselves feel happy and generating those emotions for ourselves is hard. And because we're resisting, we end up making it harder than it has to be. That's what leads us to be so addicted to our unhappiness. All of that energy of resistance. We aren't practiced wanting what we already have and appreciating that. Because what we appreciate appreciates. So when we aren't practiced appreciating what we have, that can't grow into something bigger and better and more fulfilling. If you are making yourself miserable to try and achieve your goals, you are just setting yourself up to create more misery. I'm telling you that now. You think that by achieving your goal, you will be happier. But all you will have practiced to get yourself there is making yourself miserable. It's like expecting a relationship to make you happy when you feel miserable. The happiness or the honeymoon phase will always be short-lived. 
And then you'll be right back to thinking something is missing in order for you to be happy. And that's what sets us up to fall into this continuous cycle of wanting what we don't have. Plus, more often than not, you just won't achieve your goal. And the reason you won't is because you don't create it for yourself. You're too busy thinking you should have it and that it should be easier to have it and feeling sorry and sad for yourself instead. Be aware. I should have always ends up creating I don't have. Every time your brain starts to feel entitled to a result and you start to think to yourself that you should have whatever it is that you want, you end up creating more of I don't have. I want you to take time after listening to this podcast to write out what you believe the process of achieving your goal should be like. Here are some examples of how this might be affecting you based on what has come up with some of my clients. I shouldn't have to work so hard at this. I shouldn't have to plan what I'm going to eat. I should have my family on board with this. I should have lost the weight right away. The way we know that none of that is true is because that's not the case. You are arguing with reality. And really, you are arguing with yourself. So your relationship to your goal just ends up looking like a lot of arguing, of internal conflict. Eckhart Tolle asks this question. He asks, how often each day, if you were to verbalize your inner reality, would you have to say, I don't want to be where I am? What does it feel like when you don't want to be where you are? Here is the only place that you'll ever be. The past, that only exists as an interpretation in your mind. And the future, that's a fiction. The point of having goals isn't because there's a future moment that is more important to get to or so that you can overcome your past. The point of having goals is to bring your focus more fully into the present, to be more engaged with where you are now. When you improve the quality of this moment, you learn how to generate happiness for yourself in this moment, life starts to unfold itself with ease. Your goals make you more of who you already are, not less like who you are. Your goals bring you into a relationship with yourself. No matter if there's failures or successes, you're in this with yourself. And it's you and you, not you versus you. So straighten that up. And it's not your goal's job to make you committed to yourself. That's on you. And the way that I want you to do that is by finding your compelling reason to go from wanting your goal to actually doing it. Making that shift from, I want to lose weight to, I am losing the weight, for example. Your compelling reason takes you from a desire to a decision. The decision to make it happen. Your commitment is determined by your compelling reason. When someone has a very compelling reason, you know that they're going to stay committed. How long it will take you to achieve your goal or how much effort will be required becomes irrelevant. When you are compelled enough, you remove all other options. You're not like weighing other decisions. And I noticed that this comes up with clients who have decided to lose weight and who are committed to a certain way of eating 
But then they go out for a nice dinner or they didn't get around to making the time to cook dinner and suddenly they're weighing other options. And so their commitment gets spread out across all these other decisions. But when you have a compelling reason, none of that changes anything. Even if you feel truly justified, your commitment is still to your goal, regardless of what happens. So the question becomes, how do we get to that compelling reason that gets us focused and committed to our goal? The thing with a compelling reason is that it can take some time to form. For some people, it's clear right away, but for others, very often it can be like a dating period where you have to actually work at this. You're warming up to the idea of your goal. Maybe you're thinking things like, well, I'd really like to lose the weight, but I don't really know if it's possible for me to do it. Your desire for the goal is there, but it wavers based on how fun and exciting it is and how much energy you have to bring to it. So before you go from dating to in a relationship with your goal, you have to start exploring the possibility in your mind without any pressure. You have to start thinking more deeply about what is attracting you towards your goal. There are going to be those surface reasons, but I want you to keep asking yourself why over and over, why you want to be with that specific goal. What is it about it? I want you to start imagining what that goal would change for you about the way that you are living your life. If weight loss is the goal, what would it change for you if you released all that negativity about your body? Would you feel more confident to stand up and lead a meeting? Would you dress the way that you want and not let other people's opinions dictate your feelings? Open up your mind to all of it. It can take some time for you to commit because as soon as you commit, you open yourself up to risk. Just like in a relationship, you're putting yourself out there. You're allowing yourself to be vulnerable. You know you're probably going to have to work through disappointments and challenges and hardships, but your compelling reason will make that risk worth it. So I want to recap with you. I want you to think about your goal like a relationship and maybe even write this out. What kind of relationship do you have to your goal? Are you like ignoring your goal or are you smothering it with attention? Are you chasing it or are you pushing it away? Do you find yourself cheating on your goal? So interesting to notice what comes up. And then I want you to ask yourself, how do I want this relationship to be? What do I want the dynamic to be like? What values do I want to uphold in this relationship? What emotions do I want to bring to this relationship to help it grow? And what would life start to look like if I was unconditionally committed to this goal? What would it look like if I were the rock in that relationship? If I'm there supporting it unconditionally? You may think that you are more free when you're non-committal, but I think the opposite is true. Living according to what you feel like doing provides a false sense of comfort. You may think that it's easier to hide, to not do the extraordinary, to ignore that nudge of growth or that spark of attraction to your goal, and to not be committed. But let me tell you what, that is what's making your life harder. 
because then you're constantly having to buffer and distract away from the way things are and from feeling and facing that you don't want to be where you are. You get to decide whether you go for the comfort or go for the growth. Most of the time, we're just waiting to be comfortable. But that is, in and of itself, uncomfortable. So if discomfort is always going to be part of the deal, you might as well choose the discomfort with an upside. You get to decide what's right for you. True freedom is knowing that you can rely on yourself to get it done when you say you're going to get it done. It's knowing you can count on yourself to be there through the good times and the bad until you see your goal to completion. It's showing up not because you have to or out of some sort of twisted feeling of obligation, but out of unconditional commitment because of who you decided you are, not just what you've decided to set out and do. True happiness is knowing your happiness depends on you, not your goal or another person. And when you can depend on yourself to make yourself happy, you can depend on yourself to do the things that reflect that commitment to your happiness and to your ultimate well-being. And it doesn't mean there won't be moments where that commitment wavers, but each time it does, there's an opportunity to recommit even stronger and build that muscle of commitment all the way up to 100% by looking at the gaps in your commitment and filling them with loving awareness. One of the greatest indicators of success is resilience, is that capacity to keep going. And resilience isn't a character trait. It's the effect of a compelling reason to complete something. So when your brain offers that you should just quit, yeah, you could. But why won't you? What are your reasons? What is it about your goal that you are more committed to than any reason to quit? That's a lot for you to think about. But if you dig in, these are the questions that will help you blow your own damn mind. I'll talk to you again next week. Bye for now. Hey, if you're ready to train your mind as much as you're behind, sign up for the Genius Body. It's my free course, and it's been known to help people just like you start losing some weight starting today. So click on that link in the show notes and let's start a transformation today.